Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to finish up our series that we've been talking about on how to pick a therapist. The first episode was kind of the behind the scenes. You're sitting at home. You may realize you need to go to therapy and like, where do you even start? Uh, How do I find a therapist? Where do I look? What do I look for? And then in the second episode, we took a slightly different approach. Okay, you're you found somebody and you want to reach out. Um, what, What do you say? What kinds of things do you need to provide? And we gave you some information from the therapist side of like who we are and what is some of our training. So you have some context for what you're reaching out into. So hopefully that was helpful in, in giving you some of that like um, behind the scenes context so that you know what to say, what's helpful, what not to say also. And then today we're assuming that if you are a client and you are looking for therapy or maybe you're just starting this process This episode is going to be all about you've done all that other stuff, and now you've got that looming first session coming. You don't know what to do. You don't, maybe you've never been to counseling before. And so, this is going to be all about how to prepare for that first session, what to expect in that first session, what to do afterwards and between that first and the second session. And then we'll follow that up with um, what to expect from like sessions two, three, and beyond for for therapy and with your therapist. And also it's a little bit of like how to know if this is like the right fit for you to continue going, but it's, it's mostly going to be about how do you, what do you say? How do you act? What's the point of the first session so that you can do it effectively? So Nathan, what should people expect when they're (laughs) we've got this first session scheduled for next week and they're like, okay, what do I say? What do I do? It's like, now enjoy the show. (laughs) Therapist is going to put on a show for you. It's a major event at 11 a.m. when you show up. That feels like a lot of pressure. I hope that's not the case. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking of the client coming in and sitting in the waiting room, right? You're sitting there. And you look at your watch. And if you're waiting for Nate. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 20, 30 minutes late. No, that's no. That doesn't. Okay, okay. Don't be a turd. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe three minutes or five. Um, Anyway, so you're sitting out there for the first time and you're like, what's going on too for us therapists on their side? We have maybe already looked at your intake form. And um, just to speak a tiny bit about that. So some places out there still are, are on paper, like, and, and to be honest with you, a lot, in a lot of ways, paper is easier for us counselors to work with because it's just, it's just easier in the moment for other, for some reasons. But there's also this cool thing that they've started up here in the last few years called the electronic health record. And so what happens is your therapist may have sent you a link to fill out forms. The cool thing is you fill out all this stuff ahead of time, which means when you're sitting in that waiting room, you're just sitting there, probably looking at your phone or whatever. And um, But if you're a paper person, like as a therapist, you found a person that does the paper, you may have showed up early, like 45 minutes early, to make sure that you filled all your documentation out. The benefit to their electronic health record is that as soon as you fill that 
all that stuff out, it's immediately available in front of the therapist. So they could have already looked at everything before you walk through that door with them. And likely they have in order to try to understand what's going on. But that nervousness, I mean, on our side, it's like, I'll walk to the thing and I'll, I'll make sure I get the name. And I'm like, oh, you know, from different legal situations, you don't want to say, Erica Smalley, please come for, you know, like you want to be like, okay, what exactly, how did you, how did you tell me that what your name is? And our electronic health record actually says on it, like what you want to be called. It gives you a place to where you can say, like, if you, if you were like, um, Kimberly or something, do you want to like, do you want to be called Kim or something like that? Mm -hmm. Um, like nickname type of stuff. And so I double check that stuff before I walk out. And by the way, Erica Smalley, I'm really sorry <laughs> that Nathan exposed your personal private information all across the internet here. You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you're right. I try to look at that stuff before that my clients have come in just to have a, a sense of in your own words, like what is the problem? What kind of symptoms are you dealing with? For us, I know something that you and I have done, Nathan, in our practices is that we have intakes that that ask a lot of questions because we're trying to get a lot of information from you that you can provide through checking some boxes and right, filling in some blanks that are um, saving us a lot of time from asking those questions and then writing those down later. So it's lengthy to uh, input or to fill out online before the session, but it's going to save you a lot of time in the session, which also is translating to saving you money. Because if you can do that on your own and we can just read it, um, we'll be much more efficient with that process. So when you came in, what we try to train our staff to do is to look over that documentation and to see, okay, on paper, here's what's going on, but what's your story? What is going on from your perspective in your own words? Right. And also that those intake forms allow for you to be able to write quite a bit. So um, we're talking about this first session for a reason, because some people don't, you know, you don't know what to expect. And when you're getting in there, some people have written everything on their intake and they're like, they sit down and look at you, you know, like, well, you read everything, you know, everything. Now tell me what to do. Or tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> right. What's the issue here? Yeah. Or I just need a diagnosis for blah, blah. By the way, something not to say in the beginning part of like in our last episode anyway. But when, when you're sitting there, you maybe have some things that you, that you want. What I will ask people in the first session is, what do you want to make sure that I know before you leave today? Because I found that question to be helpful to kind of inspire somebody to be like, okay, what do you really need to know? Because the first thing that will happen for them typically is like, oh, no, like everything. I thought I wrote stuff down. Like did... Maybe, okay, so how much do I say then? Because, like, and I would say, say as much as you feel comfortable to where you know that you've said it all and that you can be understood. And that kind of leads me into um, this, this important dynamic that in the first session, it really is also a lot about connecting with your therapist as a human being. It's all about trying to feel comfortable making sure that you are understood, that you can say the things that you need to say. They're asking questions or clarifying stuff and you're getting somewhere like you're able to get that stuff out. So, Nathan, when you're talking about, you know, sharing, uh, just opening up and, and sharing your story or sharing what's been going on um, at first, normally it's a little uncomfortable. I can tell that people are a little bit closed off. 
usually because this is new, we're strangers, and yet you're sharing some very personal information. And so from my standpoint, I'm also trying to make you feel comfortable. I want you to know that it's safe to share this stuff, that what you're saying is just information. I'm not judging you. I'm not, uh, I don't want to make you feel bad about it. I just really want to connect with you and give you a safe space for you to open up about this stuff so that we can really explore the full nature of what's going on. Because from our standpoint as therapists, in order to get somewhere to really know the full nature of what's going on, we kind of need to know all of it. You know, if you leave out the part that says like, oh yeah, um, by the way, there was like some sexual trauma when I was seven years old because you're too embarrassed to say that. And that could be like a massive thing that turns the tide of what the nature of this issue is. So we really want to make you feel comfortable and try to connect. And that doesn't seem like it's very effective or productive, you know, because it's like, what are we going to do in that first session? We just want to make sure that we're, we get along well. Well, that's huge because the nature of the therapeutic relationship is what everything else later on is built off of. Right. Actually, it's 85% if the statistics still holds true of whether or not therapy is even going to work for you is based on the connection that you have with your therapist. So, and actually, clinically speaking, the first phase of therapy is called engagement. That's right, because we've named everything through the process. And don't worry, that doesn't mean getting down on one knee. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> For a second there. Okay, so... <laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> right, so what we're trying to do, what I do with like looking at an intake is there are certain things that I will look at. I Because in my mind, they are more medical, right? So... We've asked you all these questions, and I do. I breeze through an intake. Honestly, I can look at it pretty quick and get a flavor right off the bat of what's going on. And my goal is not to just go through the entire intake. I want to know you. I want to know, like, I want you to know me. I want you to, I want you to be able to know, like, this is not going to be a thing, like, right off the bat. Yeah, and it's interesting when you said, you know, what is it that you want me to know from this first session? Um, that's definitely something that I work through and I, I get out, you know, is there anything else you want me to know? Or is there, and even in that second session, which we'll get to later on, but in that second session, I'll follow up with, is there anything that you forgot to say, or that after you reflected on it? Cause you know, it's a little bit like stage fright, you know, you, you go through that first session, you say a bunch of things and then you leave, you are done sweating and you're like, okay, what just happened? Oh, I totally forgot to say this. Oh, and that, what was I thinking? You know, in that second session, there's still opportunity to get that stuff out. So there's that. But for me also, I like to ask the question towards the end of that first session, do you feel understood? Do you feel like I get it? Like I'm seeing what you're seeing? And that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm seeing everything, but I want to make sure that just from a person to person that you feel like connected with and like, okay, this person kind of gets it. Because if the person you're sharing that your stuff with doesn't get it, uh, that's not a good sign. I mean, maybe there, there's more complication to figure out or there's more to explain, but you should kind of have a sense of like, yeah, for what I've shared, I feel like you understand. You know, one of the things you can do also, um, if you kind of get in there, some folks, you know, there's, Aaron was just talking about the kind of maybe embarrassment or like I would add apprehension or anxiety that you wanted to be productive and now you just got overloaded. You just got flooded. You sat down and you're like, I don't know what to tell you right now. <laughs> right. Um, one thing you could do would be just to say, you know, I think I have, I have a lot on my mind. I've written some stuff down there in the intake. Can you prompt me? Can you just kind of maybe ask me some questions and that might help me get going? Um, because I'm going to, 
if you if somebody were to say that, it'd be like, yeah, great, this is easy. Okay, yeah, you kind of know what you're looking at. And I'll just ask some, I would probably ask some broader questions to kind of help you get into the concept that you're trying to share. But, and there may be some things, and this doesn't happen for me all the time, um, but there may be some things that in pauses, I, because I saw it on your intake, I need to know more about. I need to know what did you mean when you put that down? I can give you one example right off the top of my head. Um, I built my intake to kind of have, be, to be able to respect trauma. And so one of the things that can happen in trauma is people can look inside of a mirror and they don't recognize themselves. And so sometimes people will check that box that they didn't recognize themselves in the mirror. I need to know, okay, are you saying what I think you're saying from a trauma perspective? Are you just saying like, man, I don't even recognize myself anymore. Like, this is so stupid. My, I'm, not, I'm not who I think I want to be. <laughs> right. Which is very different from, no, I literally have no idea who that person is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But, and we joke about it, but it's true. Totally. I mean, a lot of times the other person is, is main, I would say probably 70% of the time it's, it's the latter. They've just said like, I just don't feel like I am myself anymore. Like, okay, that's not what that question's about. So that's good. I can just omit that right off. Yeah, and and even as you're saying that, Nathan, it's like uh, I, I think good therapists are um, should be able to read and understand when you're just making a statement like that. It's like a a, a saying or a, a phrase that we all throw around. Versus, wait, do you mean that you literally don't recognize yourself? No, I just meant that. Like, you know, what is my life? You know. A good therapist should be able to determine that kind of stuff, but it is helpful to clarify um, anyway. You said something a minute ago that I want to um, speak to. Make sure that as a client, what you're sharing is is like a back and forth process. Of course, you've got a lot you want to share. And for some people, you've been holding it. You know, if if it's true that you said in the last session that you've waited six months to come in and, you know, you've got a lot on your mind or a lot. Of emotion that you need to share, that's fine. At the same time, we as therapists do have a lot of questions we need to get to, you know, from the intake, or we want to clarify certain things. So just make sure that you can give us space to ask questions, or even pause at certain points and say, is there anything you want to ask me? Because sometimes when people come in and they just talk the entire time, there can be a lot of stuff that's helpful. But at the same time, you don't necessarily know what's helpful and what's not helpful. So you might be saying a bunch of things that are off the beaten path that are interesting and helping us to know you, but not necessarily helping us to get down to like what the root of the problem is. So just make sure that if if you can, you know, and we're kind of being loose about this because we understand people, we want to connect with you and give you a space to share, but we also do want to get through the intake and try to get down um, and use the time wisely to understand what's really going on. And sometimes we need to ask questions to get there. Right. I'm, I'm personally okay with, if we don't complete the the actual intake uh, assessment or whatever on the first session, that's totally fine with me. I just need to make sure that you feel understood, that you know that like I do get it because some folks out there kind of think that we are mind readers as therapists, like we have some special power or something. And in some ways, I mean, we don't, but in some ways it appears that way because our mind is, especially if you have a lot of experience, I mean, there's a lot that we pick up on over years that are similarities and stuff that our mind kind of just conceptualizes stuff pretty quick. But we have to be careful with that as therapists because we can't totally 100% trust that. So we need to be able to, to ask some questions. Yeah, because even though something may, like an issue, uh, a mental health issue may run its course very similarly 
through most of the people that struggle with it, it's going to look different for each person or you're going to respond differently to it. So that's the kind of individual process that we're all looking at. And that's why that's why, honestly, uh, therapy is is a tricky art. It's not a science. It's an art because each person is different and each issue affects each person differently. Yeah. So really, the first session is just about engaging. It's just about finding out who you are and you finding out who we are and seeing if there's anything that ins- I mean, that also means that you can ask questions that you might think are like weird, like, you know, what do you what do you like to do? I mean, some of that stuff in the beginning, like similarities that do you I love to hike. Do you like hiking? I mean, it sounds like we're dating now or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you ask that in your sessions. <laughs> what kind of pasta do you like? <laughs> yeah. Do you like the little curly ones? Or do you like the flat, straight ones? <laughs> well, and <laughs> the commonalities, though, like through things are, are important sometimes. They can be helpful, like to, I mean, if, if, for example, hiking was your thing, you could go, oh, have you ever hiked whatever trail, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, I know, blah, blah. And as a therapist, if that was my thing, which it's not really, to be honest, I would probably use metaphors with that. I would help you to know, like, well, you know, when you like, it's like that one hike you were talking about that, you know, it's this is a really hard part of the hike where we're at right now is difficult. But you also know that we're almost to the lake type of thing. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of speaking to a little piece of um, like small talk. Sometimes a lot of times that's really helpful for the process. Some people now, I, I know they, they, they walk in, they sit down and they're like, let's get right to it. You know, that's great. That's fine. Um, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself because this is like sessions two and beyond. But allow for some of that small talk to happen just for somebody to get to know you so that they can connect with you. So it's like, oh, yeah, I share that same thing, too. Or what do you like about that? That's really cool. I can, I can know what you enjoy or what you enjoy about the things that you do. That helps me as a therapist get to know you. And it bridges that connection. And it can also help you to feel more comfortable so that you can open up. Yeah. So when you're, you're in the, you know, the, maybe the second half of the, the, the last 10% of the session, one question you might ask the therapist if they haven't already spoke to it is like, well, where do you think this needs to go then? Like, how, what's the, what, what kind of pathway? What should I be doing? What should I do next? Should I change anything? Or do we just figure that out over time or whatever? And just be able to have that part of the conversation, which gets us into like, what goes on in the next session, right? So, and and truly, um, this whole engagement phase that I mentioned earlier actually is not one session. It's it's a phase of time for how things need to go. And and actually, one of the things we didn't say yet, but the truth is, you need to give on average about three sessions to really know if it's actually not a fit, because it takes sometimes a, you you hope for the click, man. You hope the first session you're gonna click. But you don't always click. And you might be okay enough to be like, oh, I think this person is trustworthy. They seem to know what they're doing. I'm not sure if I like them or not. Like, okay, well, then go again. And maybe what you're doing at that point is you're just still seeing if this is going to be okay as a, as a fit that's going to be helpful to you. And that's fine. And some of that might just be based on your own anxiety or nervousness from the first session. You could be misreading the situation through that lens and then okay you go back the second time and it's like oh that wasn't as bad as i thought it would be or oh wow i actually like this person or we're able to connect a lot easier than that first session maybe i just was anxious so between sessions after that first one i think it's important just to reflect on that first session um check in with how you felt 
what was discussed? Um, was everything said that you needed to be said? That doesn't mean it always is. Like you said, Nathan, sometimes we don't get through the entire intake and that's okay. Just note that for yourself if you're a client going to therapy and make sure that you bring that up the next time. Like, hey, I'd really like to talk more about this. We never got into, you know, my family life growing up or, hey, I didn't talk about that accident when I was a teenager. I, I think that's really important. That kind of stuff where you're pointing us as therapists into a certain direction for how it's impacted your life or like in terms of um, it, you know, you haven't been able to, to walk again since then or walk the same way or how it's impacting your life in terms of like, I've been afraid ever since. That kind of stuff is really helpful for us to know. Right. And well, and the thing of it is, is if you are wanting to make sure that we understand that, it probably means that we don't. Right. So bring it up. I mean, clinically, one of the things we learn in grad school is the different ways things kind of link to themselves. So we naturally try to understand things a certain way and we can think, oh, this person's struggling this way. There's a good chance they have this and this and this. And we generally will try to go down lines like that, much like if you went to a doctor and said you had this problem, they're going to be like, well, typically that problem happens because of this reason. But the reality is we are trying to constantly understand or like be connected to help you, right? Our, and this, this, this lies kind of an old thing that was out there a long time ago. Um, and it kind of, I think, still is, is that we somehow are trying to keep you there. Like, you know, like you're never getting out. I say that because sometimes people don't go to therapy because they think, Oh, I just don't want to line your wallet. I've, I've actually heard that several times, and I like to which I try. I usually say like, "Oh, don't leave. I need a Mercedes." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Right. <laughs> I'm still saving up. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, or the other joke I will do, and now I'm just unpacking them because I know that there's some people that listen that I probably have done this too, but they'll be like. Oh my gosh, it's so great. I just got a raise. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, so did I. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence. My fees just went up. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? People are like, wow, I'm not going to go to therapy after this. No, but but um, getting back on track, there, you know, let humor happen as well. I mean, it's a human process. There's a lot of intensity to it because it, like these are your issues and you're wanting to work on them. Allow that to be kind of a fun or funny process that'll make it a little bit easier um, and just as we wrap up here, um, in that like second session and beyond, you know, once you're done with that engagement, you've got the information out there, you've got a decent connection with the person, you know, you can feel better for a time, but just understand that the change process takes a while. And, you know, as I'm talking about it, maybe we'll follow this up and we'll record another episode about like, you know, beginning therapy kind of from this point beyond, because there is a lot of like, adjusting to what you think is going to happen versus what actually needs to happen. Um, and I, what I'll say to that is for a lot of people, you don't really realize how difficult change is. You don't realize how difficult it is to really unpack the issues. We often are like, oh, I understand it now. What can I do about it? But there's a whole lot more understanding about what it's connected to and why it's so difficult to change that we need to understand before we can actually make the change. Yeah. And, and one of the things to keep in mind is that if you kind of know your own process about what you about what works for you for example like you are a person that does pretty well with homework you probably want to ask that in the session at some point this first session and say hey do you do much homework i i find doing that as a therapist but the reality is is that a lot of times what i was realizing is people don't do it some people just don't want to do it so i, I get out of the habit of doing it but if you know for example as that one that you want to do that just one more thing to add to the first session. If you know what you need or you know how you work well, 
share that. Yeah, let us know. It's helpful in guiding us. Or if you know that you're not going to do something, that's also helpful. I'll ask people about, like, do you journal? And they're like, no, I hate journaling. I'm never going to do journaling, so don't ask me. I'm like, okay, good to know. We just won't bark up that tree. Um, I don't take any offense of it. Uh, I just know that it's not something that's going to work for you. So great, let's move on and find something else that's going to be more helpful. So in general, hopefully this gives you a good sense for what to expect in the first couple of sessions. And this rounds out our series of how to pick a therapist. We really hope this is helpful in kind of bridging some of that gap between starting therapy and actually going. And our hope is that it helps you to get to where you need to go with less anxiety, with some more clarity. So as always, if you have any ideas or suggestions, feedback, let us know. Shrinkthinkpodcast.com. Send us a message. We love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.